Why niggas? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Niggas is a brand. Allen Houston. Niggas mean Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What is going on, guys? You are listening to Nickish. You got your boys Mo, Nafi, and Faiz. It is October 23rd, 2022. The Knicks are back. Uh, they started the season off with an overtime loss against Memphis and a dominant win against the young Detroit Pistons. Lots to cover, but first, make sure to check out our brand new crew next, available now on nick-ish.com. Shout out to our models and our photographer for the amazing pics that we posted over this past week. And shout out to you if you had a chance to cop one. Uh, I see my partner Nafi just joined in. Well, 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 if it isn't the Nickish boys, I would have thought y'all would have been casualties to the great Cam versus IQ Civil War of Nick's Twitter, man. I thought I would, I lost y'all, but I'm happy y'all here, like healthy, you know what I mean, in, in the flesh, you know what I mean, because shit is getting crazy out there, man. Civil War, like I didn't, I didn't expect like this kind of tension early in the season, but, <laughs> but honestly, so I'm doing good, obviously you can tell, sound of my voice. We blew out the young Pistons squad that uh, some prognosticators in the summer said had a better looking roster and outlook than uh, the Knicks, but, you know, they were clearly drunk. But, um, yeah, how you doing, Faiz? I mean, I feel like, you know, pointing it out, Nafi, as soon as you talk, you mentioned the game and, uh, like, you know, losing our voices, me and Mo immediately reached for a freaking hot tea. Like, <laughs> that's how you know we're just getting yeah. old as shit, man. Nah, y'all coordinated that. Must that have. Was, must have. Was <laughs> had a meeting without me. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I think we, I think I lost my voice like literally before tip off even started. So sorry for the 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 horse throats, guys. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it. We we had the privilege. Thank you to uh, Anthony MSG, Anthony Donahue, the legend, for uh, allowing mm-hmm. us to be a part of his group, and we had access to the pregame warm up. I met Faiz right here as soon as RJ came out for the shoot around. He was the one that got the whole crowd like started with the go RJ. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's when he lost his voice before he, way before tip off. Listen, he, <laughs> he he heard me at the Memphis game, but I had to get him going for for game two. We, we always know RJ starts a little slow, so you know, still had to show some love and support. Mm-hmm. Moral support, the best kind. Yeah, and shout out to all the guys that we saw on opening night, man. It was like a yes, family sir. reunion. We met up with, you know, shout out to to Danny B, shout out to to Ivan, shout out to, um, you know, Sean Nick and Polito, Nick Nader, or you know, Orlando. He's fucking dope. And then obviously all the nothing but Knicks guys, Sim, Josh, you know, Fulio, and um, you know, all these guys that just showed love. And it was it was awesome. Like we we've been connected with these guys for the longest time, just all through Twitter through Instagram and they've been guests on our shows, but you know, yesterday uh, that, you know, two days ago was really the first time we got to meet them in person. All dope guys. Everyone got the same kind of passion for the Knicks and we got the W man in dominant fashion, bro. So it was awesome seeing these guys and, you know, much, you know, best of luck to all these guys. We're going to have a good season ahead, I think. And we're all going to have a lot of, you know, shit to talk about all season. Knock on wood. The the mood definitely would have been different if we didn't like win. You know what I mean? But yeah, it was like, like you said, it's the old cliche. It felt like a family union and, yeah, that's what we are, the Knicks family, you know what I mean? So it was dope seeing everybody and, you know, to uh, many more kind of like meetups this season, you know? We're definitely going to be at the Garden at least yeah. a few more times. So it, it, we... it was, 
it was definitely real nice being at a game where like we didn't have to keep our eyes like glued onto the, the court because like we could potentially give up a lead or like lose the game. Like that was the most relaxed I ever was at a Knicks game. Like just like <laughs> lounging, enjoying food. Like, you know, it, it was a, it, it was a good time to be at MSG. It was a, it was a real awesome home opener. And, you know, I, in general, like shout out to MSG for like making the atmosphere really feel like a home opener. They had those mm-hmm. lights going on, you know, like they had like RJ come out and give a little pep talk before the season started. Like it, it was, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, Free they t-shirts. Had, they Free had t-shirts. Always yeah. good. Oh, I, I took advantage. Yeah. I took advantage. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, oh, and uh, shout out real quick. I, I don't. I want to make sure I don't forget Keith Hernandez and Elgin. Mm. Man, they they sure. really had some some awesome things to say about the brand, and you know it was nice connecting with them. We've been knowing them for a minute, but seeing them in person and you know just getting to know them was was awesome. So those guys are dope as hell. For um, sure, it was a privilege. Yeah, no, the, the sure. t-shirts. They usually give those out at playoff games. This I think it was the first time that I see them giving out as a, at, at a home opener. But that was that was dope. It was cool. Faiz definitely took home enough for the community. <laughs> Bengali and me jumped out. I respect it. <laughs> so we, we're like, yo, we're Faiz, bro. Like, we lost it for like a good 20 minutes because we had to move. And he pulls up, we like, like he's doing everybody's laundry. He's with a load of t shirts. I was like, what the? <laughs> uh, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, vibes are immaculate, as Jalen would say. If that's where we want to start with our new point guard, got to shout him out. The most um, ever assist by a Knicks point guard without a turnover in the first two games. You know, that's 15. a fact. 15 yep. assists, yep. zero turnovers in two games, bro. That's- yeah, so like, yeah, let's start there. How how we feeling about our new point guard, fellas? You know, just from obviously early, super early, two games so far. But from the Piston game and then the Grizzlies game, how y'all feeling about Jalen specifically? Yeah, I mean, if it's nice that we finally have that point guard that we needed, the guy who's has that on-floor presence, that leadership, that guy who can get you a basket when you need it. I mean, there was that point when we had that 29-point lead against the Pistons, and then suddenly that, that dropped back to 12, and I think it was Jalen who hit that three that kind of got us back on track. So, you know, we need him. We need a point guard for moments like that when it looks like all is, fa- all is failing. He needs to step up and make the right play. And you go back to that. I don't want to jump around too much, but if you go back to that Memphis game, uh, you know, Cam obviously had that amazing shot that tied the game that took us to overtime. But who who gave him that pass, though? That was Jalen. Mm-hmm. He drove into the lane, caught uh, caught Cam at the corner, got him that open three. Uh, who was the guy that took the charge from John Moran while he was trying to go for that dunk? That was Brunson. And so, you know, I think Jalen deserves a lot of credit for us not losing the game, you know, during regulation and bring us to overtime. And you know, you see him gain those high quality baskets, shooting the three, gain the races. I think he has six assists the last game again, zero turnovers. So Jalen's him, bro. He's that guy. He's the guy that we needed against mm. only been two games, but this is what we expected. That's why we gave him the contract that we gave him. And we're, I think we're going to see as, as the season goes on and, you know, in future seasons that that contract will hopefully knock on wood would be maybe even a bargain. Yeah, I mean, especially like uh, in the system that Tibbs has been trying to employ for the last two years, we keep talking about it. You guys always hear me like talking about it, the read and react system where I do think our personnel are good at reading and reacting, but not the way that Jalen Brunson is in terms of being a floor general, just like commanding his presence on the floor. And like, you know, he, he mentions it in the post game that play for Cam Reddish. I feel like other offensive coaches, other coaches who are good at setting offensive plays, maybe they set up that play for Cam Reddish, get an open three. But, you know, shout out to Tibbs for leaving the high hand Cam Reddish on the floor. But shout out to Jalen Brunson for finding that player, finding Cam Reddish in the corner, passing it out. And I know it wasn't a win, but it was real nice to see 
the Knicks have this grit and fight against a team like Memphis, who was the second seed in, in the Western Conference last year. And, you know, despite a really poor RJ game, you know, so, you know, shout out to them for doing that. And shout out Jalen Brunson, man. It's, it's fun to see a player who can do things that nobody on this roster, Bro. maybe maybe in like 10, 20 rosters is able to do because he's literally a wizard with the ball. Me and Nafi are watching the game and we're just like, Bro. it looks like he has the ball on like a string, like the way he I, just... I, that's exactly where I wanted to go to. Just like y'all cover the macro, on a micro level though, just like when you watch him play and it's obviously early preseason, two regular season games, but bro, it almost feels like not even trying to gas it. It almost feels like he's a point guard that was tailor-made to be the point guard of the Knicks, bro. Like a New York City point guard. He got he got every item on the menu, and then he got the off-menu items. You know what I mean? The secret shit that you got to, like, you know, wink at the cashier to get. You know what I mean? Like, he's, like, it's that nice. He keeps the ball in a string. It's, um, his counters got counters. You know what I mean? Like, shit that, like, you learn textbook fundamentals, but to the point where fundamentals become like super extraordinary when you master each level of it you know what i mean and him with the ball in his hands like i like like i said i'm not trying to gas it but this is what i'm seeing with my own two eyes bro like not even off the stat sheet like it's it's ridiculous how nice he is with it you know like it's it's like a subtle greatness to it so when go back to the preseason remember when tibbs was like he got kind of some heat from some fans about about like oh he doesn't look the part but he is the part I didn't like hate that comment because I get what he meant. When you see Jalen and it's the story of his whole career from like high school, college, the Mavs to now, right? You don't expect extraordinary when you see him, but his craft, the way he just like, like you said, has a ball on the string, you know what I mean? Complete control, like just the, the best thing about a point guard and the most complimentary thing is to say that like he's cool under pressure and he doesn't get phased. And that embodies itself in how he handles the ball. You know what I mean? And, like, be able to, like, just break down the defense, get guys moving, get the ball moving. And so far, I love what I see so far, man. It's it's yeah. crazy. Crazy yeah, in I, that, like, you know, think of all the trash we've had to watch, bro. Yeah. I had to see Tony Douglas legit look like he had, like, a schizophrenia with the ball in his hands. To this, it's like night and day. You know what I mean? It's crazy. <laughs> Under the bright lights of Madison Square Garden, Brunson dropped 17 points, six assists, zero turnovers, kept control of the game, two of four from the three. I mean – like, you know, you, you said it and we're seeing it affect other players as well. I mean, we'll, we'll touch on RJ, but Randall even looks better because he doesn't have that pressure of being the, the primary ball handler, even though he didn't really have to be in previous se- uh, previous seasons. But we always saw him when it was Rose on the, on, on the court with him that he would defect to him. But with Brunson there and then Rose coming off the bench, Randall doesn't really have to handle the rock and he gets to do what he has to do. And he's, you know, credit to him. He's been playing, he's been playing well. He's probably the best player on the team for a while, Easily. you know, in Memphis. And then, uh, you know, two nights ago, he dropped 15 points. I think solid efficiency. He didn't have to dish out any assists, but I mean, he's been, he's been playing well. And you're seeing that he looks cool and calm because Brunson's cool and calm. And we saw it in the playoffs last season, he had to take control and he did. And, you know, Brunson, Brunson's that guy, man. So I think overall for, for the team, he's a great addition. Um, you guys want to touch on RJ? I mean, you mentioned Julius. I was just going to say, you brought the elephant in the room. We might as well yeah. acknowledge the damn elephant now. Let's just wave the elephant. Faiz, do you echo uh, what Mo was saying about Julius so far? I mean, it's super early, but I, I got to think that we all kind of do like what we've seen so far. And, like, you know, we're non-experts, but we like to be measured with how we approach our beloved Knicks. So what do you think of Julius's game so far and how he's fitting in not, not just with Jalen, but just with the whole new roster? Not a whole new roster, but, you know, the team. 
it feels like a whole new roster with Jalen Brunson on it because like so many different pieces are unlocked because of a guy like this, like a point guard. And it's crazy because like, I feel like Knicks fans for so long have been just obsessing over the idea of the starting point guard for the New York Knicks at one point being Alfred Payton, Alec Burks last season, you know, like so many different stories that we can tell, but I have to echo his sentiment in terms of like, I really do feel like now Randall's play style and his shot diet doesn't feel as bad because when I know he, he shouldn't have been the primary ball handler, but he was the guy who we, you know, resorted to for the last three seasons while he was here. And now you can see the pressure falling off of him and those like long contested twos he takes, he's not taking like six or seven of them in, in a quarter. Now he's only taking two or three of them and you can live with those shots. Like you don't feel as bad seeing him take those shots. And honestly, I think he's making them in, at, at, you know, two games only so far, but like he's making them at a higher clip because he's not being forced to, to play in that really clunky style that we didn't like. And Jalen Brunson being the primary ball handler, being the guy who brings the ball up the court, having the court vision, it's just natural. It's like, mm. you know, screw this guy versus empowering. I don't know if you ever seen that Rick Ross versus Lizzo meme. It's like, you know, <laughs> pictures, pictures, you know what I mean? Pictures of them both shirtless back to back. And it's like Jalen, uh, Jalen Brunson is Lizzo empowering because he, he brings the ball up, does everything. But Randall is the one who's Rick Ross. Like, you know, put a shirt on, bro. I don't want to see that. Like, so it, it's it's nice to have Jalen Brunson on this team. The vibes are oh immaculate. God. I, I don't think I would have ever connected. Yeah, no, I, d- Yo, I dig the spirit of the comparison. One. I dig the spirit of the comparison. Because, like, nah, I mean, on a serious level, it's just like with Julius, it almost anecdotally speaking, almost went from, like, his mid-range jumper and those pull-ups and those isos and posts being, like, the main course and now it's a side dish that we go to when like nothing exactly. else is there you know what i mean there's like at least two games so far you know we're super early and i'm gonna keep saying that because it's true but i'm i'm finding myself saying yo what the fuck way less in regards to julius than i did la- this time last there year you go. even when we were kind of on like started off on a good note and then you know we like fell face forward against orlando which ironically enough we got orlando on monday so that's going to be the sign of like how changed our team is if we can stomp them out or at least like not even have like a, a Cole Anthony 16 rebound game on the box score this Monday. But back to Drew's man, like you guys hit it on the head, especially you Faiz with that apt Shakespearean <laughs> comparison. You know what I mean? Like this is the digital age and my man came with the, str- <laughs> with, the with the fire. But um, I guess do you guys like are you buying into just this being the new julius now you know like do you think it'll continue or do you see just just given what we've seen so far since he joined the team in 2019 he's much he's he's super mercurial he's like he's polarizing for a reason there's ups and downs but he'll get his numbers but do you think this new julius what we've seen so far it's going to continue and not only continue but he'll flourish even more like to the point where he gets more comfortable and becomes well adjusted to being a 1A number two option as opposed to the guy. Well, I think one thing that we still have to, we should acknowledge is I think he was in that third quarter. I think he was on the, on the court during that third quarter when they got the lead down 12. So mm. his defense needs some work. You know, he's overall, I think a minus one in that game for a game where we were Fair up point. 29. So obviously he played a part on Detroit coming back. Um, but it looks like offensively, he's able to pick his spots more. Whereas before he had to be everywhere all at once. And, you know, that's, that's a, t- that's more of the role that tips put him in as being the guy. And now that he doesn't have to be the guy we're going to see, I, at least I believe we're going to see him picking his spots more and letting, letting Jalen, like I mentioned before, just be the guy to make the, make the, make the call, make the decision who's going to take the shot. And um, 
my hope is that he gets better on the court and off the court enough that we could actually make a decent trade. You know, I'm, I'm still not on that Randall long-term wise. I think he's a solid player. I think another team that's trying to get a higher playoff seed can, can use him better than we can just because I think there's just so much history now that it might be time for a breakup. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So when, I think, when things turn good. Okay. I see. Exactly. You. <laughs> I, mean, his, his, I mean, his, his trade value is going up. So you want to sell high. I've nah, seen, I dig it. Cause I've seen it. this story before when, when Randall's trade stock goes low, it goes right back up. We think he's the man it goes right back down. It's on the, the uptick right burned. now. They got burned on it last time where like they, they didn't they didn't cash out at the right time. They kept they stayed at the table and lost all their money. So exactly. I, I I gotta agree with you there in terms of like I would like to see his value go up. I think similar with Cam. I know everyone Cam is the sweetheart of the Knicks right now, but I think a similar situation with Cam where rehab his value a little bit right now, get something out of him. But you know, to, to continue talking about oh, Julius, you, know, you people will have your head on a spike for saying yeah. that right now. Because- we'll get the cam, we'll get the IQ. It's it's uh, I brought it up in the beginning as a quick joke, but we're gonna get to that. The That's- Knicks Twitter, there's hundreds and hundreds of spikes, there's hundreds of heads. I- I'll be one of those heads, I don't mind. But um, like like talking about Julius, I really do think that the best thing that can happen for him is for him to not be a polarizing player in terms of like too good or too bad. I think it would be really great if he could just tread, you know, light waters right in the middle. And, you know, it's just his positioning on the floor and his attitude towards the game. Like I remember we got to see that play where I think he missed a shot, but he was right there at the corner at the right time to get the offensive rebound, pass it back. And usually he like gets off of, he he just zones out of the play after that. But you saw he goes, cuts back into the paint and then catches the lob and, you know, gets an emphatic slam and the the crowd goes wild, you know, like, so he's, he's just in a better position. I think mentally and like actually physically on the court because he's putting himself in position to be successful. I think Jalen Brunson is definitely a part of that. Yeah. I mean, and then, before we pivot to uh, the the younger players on the roster, just like on, Mo on your lo- note about just like being open to training him, I'm not opposed to that style of thinking. And you fair point, fair, fair like rationale raised that like you know last time we did get too high on him, we get became attached, and then that asset like plundered. You know what I mean? So if the opportunity does raise itself down the line, trade deadline time, we'll see. I just think right now the vibes are too immaculate, too good for for at least for me personally to like just even think about that, just because. You know, I go back to what our man Sim said on our pod. It's really just about Julius had to be that guy, that ball handler, and the pressure was on him. That human element, you know, obviously we kind of underrate a little bit, but and that was mostly because we didn't have the point guard. And last year it was like it was like he almost got pump fake because the hype was around Kemba being that guard that Julius needed, that crash and burn. And now I feel like Jalen is finally the point guard that Julius never had as a Nick, you know. So I'm willing to see how that dynamic plays into his season and he becomes what we envision him to be, you know, because already early on, he's playing smarter, like clearly playing smarter and more in the framework of a team. And I think Jalen has a lot to do that, do with that. It's a ripple effect of having the floor general, you know, yeah. um, we were going to talk about RJ now or well, got any kind of just a little bit. Yeah. I yeah. for Randall, I trust his on court capability more than his off court capabilities, just because we've I seen so many tantrums being run. I've never seen a player have that many tantrums in a season and, you know, kudos to him because during the open practice, he talked about meditation. I think that's something that can help him out, but I it's, it's hard for me to, to believe that he'll do that. I'm not saying put him on the training block now, but I'm saying that you're bringing up old <laughs> shit, man. We're here. Forget the past. We're here. You know what I mean? As Julius like to say, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about like five months ago. We're talking about last season. Pass you know? is the pass. You talk about five <laughs> seconds ago. That's the pass. We don't acknowledge. <laughs> no, I feel right. you, bro. 
but yeah, so hey, man, fingers could, crossed that he. I mean, turned we do have game. we do kind of have an oversaturation of players right now in that kind of position. We have Grimes, we have Cam, we have Obi, we have Randall. So all these guys have a lot of talent, and once Grimes is back and healthy, which hopefully should be next week. Um, it's going to be up to Tips to figure out how the minute distribution is going to work out. I think obviously one of these guys, whether it's Fournier or, or Randall, some people are saying Rose, somebody, there's got to be some foreign trade that happens just so the minute distribution gets and the rotation becomes more, more structured. But yeah, no, if you're, if you're ready to go on, we can talk about it. Yeah. I mean, we, we definitely gave him a holiday this summer, you know, as a, you know, as you can recall, Rowan Barry Jr. Day. So we got to talk about our Canadian son, the franchise. You know, I damn near lost my voice in the pregame intros when I, you know, I, I was like saying it probably louder than the MC on the mic, you know, RJ Barrett, you know, but definitely a better outing in the game against Detroit. Um, his shooting still isn't there. It's kind of still betraying him so far. He was over three from three. And that was the main story of the first game against Memphis where yeah, his shot looks a lot better, more fluid. Definitely, you could tell he put work into it to becoming a better three-point shooter. But it, it kind of it betrayed him in the first game, you know? And like that kind of was like that ripple effect that ha- led to him having a really bad shooting game. He was like, what, 3 of 17 or whatever in game one? But I, was, I wasn't with the people that are really shitting on him, saying, that like, oh, folks are just trying to coddle RJ, you know? It's he's our guy. Of course, we're going to coddle him to a level because at the end of the day, we're fans. He's our homebred, homegrown star. And what I saw in game two, the Detroit, it was just from jump. You, he was making his godfather, Steve Nash, proud, bro. He was out there three dimes in, like, the first two minutes that were just mm, pure playmaking at his best, you know? Like, he – that got him going, and he finished the game 8 of 15 with, you know, some of those misses or three of those misses being threes. So, really, he was 8 for 12, you know? Highly efficient. He didn't even crack the 30-minute mark just, you know, given how the game went, and – I love what I saw from him uh, in game two. And I do think that's going to be closer to the RJ we see this season than what we saw in the first game, you know? Yeah. I mean, RJ, I was, I was definitely really upset with the, with the Memphis game. Cause like uh, it's a big stage. It's the opener. Um, and then on top of that, you're playing against Ja, the guy who got mm. drafted right before you. So you really want to see him show up in those moments. But I feel like if you're a Knicks fan, you already know RJ starts the season a little bit slow. He gets into his groove later on in the season. And, you know, like you said, 18 points without making it three, it's it's pretty, it's pretty good. And, you know, getting those four assists, like we want to see him like add to parts of his game. So really interesting there. And um, only 30 minutes, he a few of those extra minutes came in the fourth quarter after we were up like – 20 something points and Tibbs just refuses to play McBride, you know? So uh, I think, I think he did a fantastic job for a game two. And I want to see him keep it up, keep it up in that direction. Like I want to see efficient scoring and I want to see the ball being passed out. Cause you know, he was also the best plus minus on the starting lineup. I think he was like plus 12. So mm-hmm. you know, th- th- those are, those are pretty good indicators of what he did in this game versus what he did in the last game. And good to see that he was able to put that last game behind him unlike a lot of other Knicks fans. So yeah, I think I think after two games not making a single three-pointer for a guy who said he was working on a shot all of offseason is something to that needs to, you know, be mentioned, yeah. I think. Next game we're, we, he has to shoot a three. If it go if he goes on three straight games without a single three-pointer when it was something that he Got him. That was Got him. That he Cut his ass. No, um, I think the fact that he made eight shots that were not three pointers, and he only took two free throws. So you know mm-hmm. he needs to he needs to pick up more fouls from guys. But the fact that he was able to get into the paint and still get eight buckets is is definitely noteworthy. And it's definitely very impressive. He still dropped eighteen points. Um, 
Yeah, but the the three pointer is a concern. I think, like like Faiz mentioned, he he does start the season slow. You kind of hope for his fourth season that he doesn't repeat that pattern. And instead of seeing him come up in the second half, we, you know, it might be the third game where he, he where he comes back to earth and really you know plays the style that we want him to play and expect him to play. He's supposed to be the leader of the team. He's supposed to be the best player talent wise. And um, you know, I kind of hope for his fourth season he really takes in that takes in that role. All right, enough of this. I'm going full RJ fanboy right now. I'm sick of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the anti-Canadian bias that explains the lack of free throws. You saw that in the fuck. You saw that in the Grizzlies game. Like he'll get hacked, whacked, mugged, no free mm-hmm. throws. Jaw like somebody looks at him funny. Two shots. Like it's a, it's obviously I'm exaggerating, but like that's what it felt like in the moment. Like I, I tweeted during the fucking game. Jaw began that MJ in his prime whistle while like RJ over here has to like keep his composure as he's getting like mugged going to the rim. And like part of I feel like what RJ is suffering is like what dudes like like Blake Griffin called out or Shaq called out. Obviously not to that same degree, but they would be like just because they're big and strong as shit and they're getting fouled. They don't look as bad. You know what I mean? That's why the refs wouldn't call as many as they do. And RJ, you know, we've been saying since he came into the league, he was a grown man in a 19-year-old body, right? So I think that's part of it. But definitely there is some craft to drawing fouls. But what do you want him to do when he's, like, obviously, like, getting whacked, so much physical physicality being applied to him, and he's not getting these calls? It's almost like he has to work twice as hard to be as efficient as he should be, you know? So, you know, I know I'm being an apologist right now, but fuck it. That's 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 our son. I'm I'm, I'm gonna apologize. Yeah. You know, what I mean? like if if my son goes to a little kid's birthday party, shits on the floor, I'm gonna be like, yo, why you guys serve him bad food? You know what I mean? Like I'm defending RJ. That's all it is. So, <laughs> um, he did go to the basket twelve times, only got called for one foul. That's right? Crazy. That, I, that's crazy. It's it's clear. It's clear as day. That's blasphemy. That's that's MSG, the anti nit bias. That's yeah. that's what it is, man. It's the orange and blue on on it. You know what I mean? If he if he went to Indiana, he's probably leading the league in free throws. Like, I bet money on that. And he takes on uh, t- takes on these discriminatory refs. Please. Or do we want to get right into the, I mean, the we, hot topic? We, I mean, we, you know, real real quick, like we did get into it during the game. Like, it, it's just it's the blue and orange shit. Like, you watch mm-hmm. the Knicks, you're not gonna want to give them vowels. Like, I think Julius doesn't like he didn't get a lot of he didn't draw a lot of contact here. But like in general, I, I think Julius does get those calls because he knows how to sell the contact, even though he's a big guy. And I think RJ could take a lesson there. But encouraging to see two for two. Um, I want to see Jalen Brunson make all his free throws. I thought like you know he'd be a little bit more consistent with that, but. First two games, I don't want to hone on it too much. I think at a point we saw Detroit was at like 11% from free throw. So <laughs> yeah. glad, glad we're not there. Okay. Mm. Like, Yeesh. DeAndre Jordan numbers. Nasty business. Nasty. All right. Enough tiptoeing around. The, the people came for the scalding hot topic that's rampaging through the Knicks Twitter, the Knicks fan community. What's going on with Cam and IQ, fellas? Is there beef? Is there, is, there, is there some kind of blood feud we're not aware of? Is this like when Mark Berman said that uh, Cam shit in RJ's shoes? He didn't actually say that, but he said like they didn't like each other. I made that up. But um, what's going on? Because I think it's bullshit. I think anybody shitting on IQ um, needs to reel it back a bit this early in the season because look at his stat line, 27 and 7. You know what I mean? He's been, you know, he didn't shoot well in the first game. I love what I saw in the second game, but I'm not feeling this Cam versus IQ narrative or this wedge that's kind of being driven, you know? 
I don't even know it was a real thing until you mentioned it. Honestly, <laughs> it makes me really happy that I don't I don't go on Twitter a lot, especially Nick's Twitter, because these people are crazy, man. Like, I think I'll like, take those bullets for us. It's okay. Yeah, like it, it's it's kind of frustrating to hear you guys put two of our like, you know, young talent like I get pit, pit them against each other. Like, why can't they both be successful together? And yeah, what, what's like I know IQ had a, had a bad first game, but. Come on, guys. Like, he, he, he's clearly – he should be the guy we're pushing off the bench. Like, you know, besides D. Rose, you know, who, who's supposed to mentor him. IQ and, and Obi are the guys off the bench that we know have secure spots. Like, mm. I know there's a lot of love for Cam, but there's still a chance he ends up with Clutch Nation over on, on the West Coast, you know, in a Lakers jersey. So, I, I don't get this, like, siding with Cam over IQ and stuff. I wouldn't pick either anyway, like – there are players. Well, hold on now. Are... We don't need to go that far. Hey, now. <laughs> don't, like, don't pick either. <laughs> hey, no, no, I'm hey. saying, like, I, I want to pick either side. Like, I'm not trying to go on We're right in the middle, man. We're fans. Like, we're fans of this team. And, this is like the as old as time, though. It's like way back in the day, I used to be lurking the real GM forums. The, the Wilson Channel versus Gallinari debates damn near, like, destroy people's mental health back mm. in the day. So it was like a decade later, same shit. So... But real quick, I'm going to shout out the second unit showing up to be the best second unit in the NBA again. Thanks. OB plus 25, uh, Hartenstein plus 21, D Rose plus 23, IQ plus 27. Like those are like video game numbers. Like I know it's against the Detroit bench and that's not a lot, but like at the same time, you like to see that they're able to just handle business. And again, I know we keep coming back to Jalen Brunson, but he's the shiny new toy. Now it feels like the starting lineup is more well-rounded out and they're a strong unit where before the bench unit felt like the only good thing about the Knicks, but now it feels like both of them are going to be strong. And uh, I like, it's kind of, I feel upset that we got so far into the pod without shouting out Isaiah Hardenstein because I liked mm. a lot about him, but I'm going to let you guys continue talking about the young guys and then we'll, we'll transition into that. That's, that's, young. That's, young. A, that's a fact because that, you know, that Detroit Pistons lineup, the starting lineup, they have a lot of talent. Jay and Ivy, obviously, and then you got you got Cunningham, and then you got Sadiq Bay. That first quarter, I think the Knicks and the Pistons were neck and neck. But then once the once the bench came in, we were up 10 points because they went on like that 8-10-0 to 10 run. Because we have arguably the best bench in the NBA, you know, at least top three, top five. So, you know, I think I think that the fact that the starting lineup – and that was a big thing last season, right, the – the starting line could not keep up, and then we needed the bench to bring us time. We're like, yo, let's just flip the whole, th- let's just flip the whole thing. Let the let the bench start. Let the stars. Start yeah, now we sit. got balance, yo. Now Both we got balance. Lineups. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know, man. This whole Cam versus IQ thing. I think it started. I think one guy tweeted it, and then everybody just started <laughs> joining in. It came some mob mentality. It was shitting on IQ. He's one of the nicest guys in on the team, bro. This, oh. this, is, a, this is a young Christian man who <laughs> is always talking about the good of the team and always trying to, you know. Uh, get the garden hyped up bro stays out of the way of other teammates too he's not even like problematic like 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 people are going so far to look into stats i'm reading this tweet right now he's like uh the least amount of passes on the team to cam reddish through two games and then what the hell get the line come from iq like they both played like 20 minutes it's been two games they were excellent games we like how is it that after the knicks are up 29 that the first on your head is like yo iq's not passing to cam bro they they had beef some people swear that they scrapped like in a locker room 
At, it makes no sense to me. How are you creating these narratives? There's like a bro? two foot high difference thing. Like, yeah. exactly. like, they play different positions. How are you so like? How can someone be so miserable to see these amazing wins, amazing vibes, and turn it into Cam versus IQ? Like, can't this is like what is like tenth game? Like he he got injured after a couple of games and like he's barely played. And how are you already creating this narrative? Like IQ was arguably our best bench player last season and one of our, one of the best guards that we've had in the last couple of years. So like. Let the man rock, bro. He he had 20 points. He has seven assists. He led the team in assists, bro. Like, let it be. Cam is Cam is gonna do Cam. Once once Grimes comes back, Cam will probably go back to the bench. I mean, he had he had a great game one, but like let's be realistic mm. here. What we've seen out of Cam overall has not been the best and what we thought we'd get out of Cam. Games one and two, uh games one against Memphis was great, but that was like his best game in at least a year. You know, so yeah. I don't know. I I don't I don't buy it. I'm not team IQ. I'm not team Cam. I'm I'm you know we're Knicks, Knicks fans exactly. Let, bold. Let Very every, bold. You. Every game. You're I believe you would say that on our Nick podcast. What the Ridiculous. hell? Like? The fuck out of here. Cut his mic. Faiz, you and I calls. That's. <laughs> but I mean, to I feel everything he's saying. But you know, fa- fans will be fans. You know what I mean? There's a subsets of fans like that in every fan base. It is what it is. Let's let diplomacy take over right now. Let's talk about the like the actual but, but, basketball. But it's just really funny to me that all we wanted over the summer was for the games to start. So there's gossip and bullshit. <laughs> and, but it's like, nope, we're going to ramp it up to, you know, 100 now. Like, come on, guys. When there's like, a will, there's a way, bro. Enjoy you know the game. Mean? Enjoy the game. We have a point guard. Like, I Let's talk least- about, you know what I mean? I'll give Cam Hive the credit. Because, like, even, you know, even us, us non-experts, I, I keep referring back to. But we had that episode where you rank people's potentials. We all fairly high on just what Cam could be just right. because mm-hmm. of his tools. And, bro, just, I, I dig, like, why Cam would stir these feelings up? It's so obvious if you go back to that game one, because like he did shit out there on the court that nobody else on our court, maybe D Rose in his prime, could do. You know what I mean? As far as like that smooth, fluid athleticism, get to his spots easy. It it was beautiful, and obviously he had the that game time three in game one. It was like it was those moments where like when he shot it, I knew it was going in. Like not even not on some like a Nostradamus shit, but just like it was so fluid, so pretty, so beautiful, wide open. He made that shit and. It's just intriguing. I would love to ride out the, the Cam experience because this is his last year. He's on a contract year. I want to see what it's like. You know what I mean? See, like, if he can really become that contributor. And to me, a good sign was after that Memphis game, you know, Tip shot her out Cam's defense, first above all. We know, as a, especially as a young player trying to prove yourself to a hardened, hardened rigid coach, you got to bring it on the defensive end. And Cam, we, his tools get talked up all the time. And yeah, he's got that 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 length, pause, that, that athleticism that you want in a wing defender. You know, it was even moments in game one where I know we didn't have Grimes, so RJ had to take some jaw duty. You know what I mean? At the point of attack, I was even like trying to see, like, yo, let's see what Cam can do. You know what I mean? Put him on jaw just uh, just to experiment, because like you know, jaw was cooking RJ because that that's not what his role is. He's not there to defend the point of attack. I would I would have been intrigued to see what Cam could have done in that situation. You know, but. I guess it was to kind of spare him because his offense was super effective and unnecessary in, in game one. Game two, yeah, I mean, to round back to IQ, it's like his role, and I'm going to go back to Tibbs, what he said at the post game. he wants IQ to shoot, you know? So IQ comes off the bench. He's that designated scorer, you know? It, like people bring up the Lou Will comparison. Some people bring it up to shit on him. Some people bring it up to big him up. I think it's a good comp because that's you need that in a situation where we have like we don't have superstar talent. You need contributors. IQ's that bench score, and it will have 
super fire games throughout the season. 20 points he had a game too. I could there are definitely gonna be games where he'll get damn near double that. You know what I mean? This season. That's the type of score and type of talent he is. Seven assists too. He played solid defense. That's why he consistently grades out as a net positive or plus minus, you know? So I just, you know, going back to the whole beef, let's let let's not let any beef simmer, made up or otherwise. It's just we got this crew of young talent. We're privileged to be able to have this kind of like situation where we got enticing potential in both IQ and Cam. That's not even mentioning Obi off the bench, you know? So that's my take on that whole like uh, situation so far. It's it's when you're losing games where you can kind of bring up these kind of narratives to see why exactly yeah. players aren't playing up to their potential. But when you're winning games, it's like if you want to do it, do it. I personally wouldn't do it. Um, this is gonna be, I'm going to say this for the first time in a long time. I'm going to give I'm going to give tips some shout out because he kept Cam in the game set up that play for Cam despite him not playing in that kind of role in a, ever. He gave him the, the game time shot, even though there are at least three, four other players who we wouldn't be surprised got assigned to take that shot. But he gave it to Cam. He gave it, he fed the hot hand. And the minute distribution has been pretty good. I'm looking, I'm looking at the game one minute distribution. The, the most amount of minutes for an overtime game was 40 minutes. And that was Hartenstein. That was because he had to take over for Mitch. But hey. second was 36 minutes by Brunson in an overtime game. That's pretty good. I mean, he's feeding the hot hand. He's trying to bring up that balance. Let's hope it's a long-term thing. But shout out to Tiz. He did some pretty good coaching the first two games. As far as Hartenstein, I like the iHeart nickname. That's cool. We got to make the Hitman Hart nickname stick, bro. He's the best backup center we ever had. The best there was, best there is, best there ever will be. You know such shout out Brett the Hitman Hart, bro. Such a, you know such, a, such a big upgrade from Nerlens Noel. Like, Facts, bro. Ridiculous. Yo, his floater, bro. Like, yeah. just, it, it's so pretty. Like, the, just seeing him working out in the warm-up, like, the situation, too, before the game, it's it's such a useful tool, and it's good to have an outlet like that where, like, we were praying Noel would, like, you know, at least be 50-50 with catching the ball. Now it's like Isaiah be catching it, doing this floater, setting other dudes up, finding Obi on the cut on some, like, Pogasol to Andrew Bynum, like, big man to big man passer, you know what I mean? Like, that's been beautiful connection to see develop so far. So definitely shout out to the hitman. Hit me yeah, I, I will say though, like the contrast in defense between him and Mitch is kind of crazy though. Like, you know, no. you, you see someone come in to yeah. pay against Mitch, you're worried for their life. You worry for Isaiah now. Like, I love <laughs> I love Isaiah, and I'm very glad He's because, because the Knicks fans have been clamoring for a guy like Miles Turner, and we're gonna like basically bench Mitch to play Miles Turner and like give up assets to play someone like Miles Turner to unlock something. But now you have Isaiah Hardenstein who Perfect role for Mitch when Mitch might get into foul trouble or situational basketball like we talked about it. We've seen in, like, playoff games where, like, um, Jonas Valanciunas, Steven Adams, they'll get played off the floor, and you bring in those guys like Brandon Clark to, you know, give some uh, ball movement, to, you know, open up this floor for some um, threes and whatnot. So, you know, Isaiah Hartenstein, I love seeing the mix and match in, in the lineup and seeing him play with the starters a little bit, a few minutes with the, with the bench. And the reason I'm real happy about this is because before the season started, Fournier is talking about, I haven't even played with Isaiah Hartenstein yet. Right. That was so frustrating here. That's something we talked about in the pod. But now seeing the way the minutes are distributed, I'm with you, Mo. We gotta give we gotta give Tibbs a little shout out, and hopefully this is just like more signs of growth as opposed to just a fluke in the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean he opens the floor up to everybody and every you know anybody and everybody. You got Obi, you know, being able to cut in a lot more. He's not residing to the corner where he has to shoot a three like we saw last season. He's able to run the floor because Hartenstein could be at the top of the key. But, you know, while you have Jericho Sims and you have Mitch, you know where they're going to be. But Hartenstein, he's all over the floor. He can dish out the ball. He can shoot the three. Uh, I think defense, he could pick it, you know, he could pick it up a little bit. But overall, I mean, you know, so far he's at least an A 
kind of player for, you know, I give him a grade of an A for what we expected for a guy to be a bench player. He's, he's, he's doing well in his role. So like one of the last guys we signed more or less, right? Like he was just mm-hmm. like, a, like we weren't even talking about adding him. We were ready to go Jericho Sims as, a, as the, the backup. And now you have an athletic freak like Jericho Sims as your third string center. That's, it's a good that's what he's there. Man. Yeah. That's what he's there for. That's, that's the, I, like it finally feels like the Knicks have the depth where players can benefit from the role that they're actually assigned instead of uh, punching up and trying to like play a role higher than what they should be playing. Yeah. And I guess to close this out, do a little quick, quick preview for the next game. All right. What are we thinking? We beat, we beat Orlando by a million, Fuck. two million, Hell yeah. a Billy. Let's do a Trilly. A Trilly. Ah, uh, I'm, okay. I'm going to be a little unbiased just because I've seen Paulo and Franz Wagner the other last few games. And man, Paulo's looking, Whew. he's looking good, man. This rookie class, Jaden Ivy, like we didn't get to talk enough about him because it's a Knicks pod and I didn't want to like, you know, get my, get myself sad because we were so excited for him, but he's looked real athletic. Paulo just looks like, a, he looks like everything. A grown we, ass man. He just looks like Randall now. You know what I mean? Like at yeah. that young age, mm-hmm. what Randall is doing now. So, so much to build upon. So I, I still do think the Knicks are going to win. I don't, I think like our team, our roster is just a little bit more built to win now, but in general, like I think friends and, and, and Paolo are going to keep it feisty because like Franz, he, he's nice around the, uh, around the paint. He's nice around on the, on the perimeter as well. And you got Paolo freight train. So bro, is the game at, at Orlando? Is it, is nah, it at MSG? So yeah. Paolo yeah. might be excited to play at MSG. You know, we might see a little bit of a show. So. Paolo looks like the Jabari Parker we were promised, hmm, but you know, yeah. <laughs> promise ain't come through. There you go. There bro. you go. And I echo everything you said. Like on some real shit, just bring the effort. Let's not make it a letdown game. I feel like last season we had, like early in the season, we had two games against Orlando that were clear trap games, and we fell into the trap. Hook, line, and singer, sinker. We had Cole Anthony come out like he was on eight Red Bulls and get 16 rebounds because he was hyped. He was at home. Let's not have that no more. You know what I mean? Let's uh keep him at bay. You know, he's, he's a monster. Somehow he turns into Kevin Love against us. Let's not do that no more. You know what I mean? Gonna, so. It's going to be the battle of the sons of Knicks past point guards. Greg Anthony's ah. son versus Rick Brunson's son. It's going to be a little. Ah. Jalen got a little bit on the line, you know? Can't can't be the, the second one on that. Gotcha. I literally. Mania. I see. <laughs> battle of nepotism. But I literally fell into that trap because. I like going to Knicks games where we win the game. I, I you know it's so crazy, like a foreign bold, concept. Bold so, foreign concept. So I like going to games like the Orlando games and whatnot because I have I feel like we have a better chance to win. Fell into that trap so bad. I took my girl to that game and I, I was so disappointed when we lost, man. That was that was horrible. That was one horrible of the worst losses. That was one of the worst losses. <laughs> and, then, and then right after that, I won tickets to go to the Raptors game. The Knicks Raptors, like two, three days later. Oh my god, another blowout. It was so yeah. bad, man. Dark times. Yeah, last year. Hi, <laughs> right, Mo. T- take us home. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Nickish. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish NYC. Uh, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple. Give us that five star review. Uh, we appreciate it. helps the podcast out. And make sure you check out our website, nick-ish.com. Cop yourself a Nickish crew neck and a hoodie. Wear, wear them to some Knicks games, man. We see people wearing Nickish to Knicks games, and it's just. It's it's we surreal. love to see it, bro. It's surreal, and we were truly appreciative of everyone who's been wearing Nickish to these Knicks games. We have a long season. Pop yours today. Wear it to your next Knicks game, man. So next time, take care. Peace. Peace. Peace.